this is a very serious issue, but I mean, it's tragically, it's gone on since 2005, right? People with disabilities and the UNCPR, right? And that people are still in nursing homes, despite the fact that there was a lot of money given there in the last couple of years, really, and nothing, more, no, no one has been moved out of the nursing homes yet. That just gives you one example locally here and nationally as well of what's the, the inactivity, really. And I suppose the fact that people with disabilities are not in the public eye all the time, really, hmm. and nothing, you know, very slow progress in the whole lot. And the committee, it's like a talk shop, really, you know what I mean, the talk shop. And, you know, there's so many issues. I mean, the trans- public transport is a big issue. But, I mean, as you said, there are public services, our services to uh, HSE and, and, and health services. Like, really, it's very slow and, and tedious, really. And, you know, it's disgraceful, really, what the TDs are not doing and should be doing, really. And I just feel like that we need to lobby on, like, really lobby on. But in one of the biggest things I find, and I'm, I looked at this now over the years with other people as well, is there's a lot of big service providers and they're very inactive. They don't want change, really. And we must be critical and hard on that. They don't want change because change means a lot of things, whether people will move out of their services and we will live independently and they might lose jobs or, 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 or power or whatever, like, really. And I think that's disgraceful, really. And I know some parents are very slow about change as well for their child or their son or their elder daughter or whatever, like, really. So, I mean, there's a number of things we've got to look at. And, I mean, the... the, the this committee needs to be more proactive and meet more regularly to get things on because we're blue in the face from talking about it, really. Okay. And, and Marie, just to bring you in at this point, then, are, are you as concerned as, as Dermot about that finding that the people with disabilities, the, uh, the access to mainstream health services is severely impacted? And what kind of impact do you think it's having? Oh, my goodness. I mean, the, the, the issue of um, poor access for disabled people in a mainstream health is at a crisis point. I mean, for example, um, to the best of my knowledge, in any maternity ward in the country, there is no access for pregnant, disabled mothers to be able to um, be examined in a safe way. Just as one example, if there isn't probably an accessible um, dentist in the country so that a disabled person can get out of their chair if they're wheelchair users so that they can be in the proper equipment the same as everybody else. I mean, when it's, it's ironic, considering that we are seen as people with health issues, the fact that we're so excluded from um, accessible um, health services. But also, what's scary is, there's, there is a, the reality is that disabled people are not seen as needing um, certain um, health services in the same way as non-disabled people. Um, it is very serious. Dermot, the report also mentions uh, the crisis in uh, children's disability services. Uh, from what you know or are aware of, how, how bad are things there? The public services can be very poor, really. I mean, just take for example, if you have autism or suspected with autism, like really, unless you go private, it's very hard to get a result, really. And it could take you years for a child in a public service to get uh, get a result, really, and to find out the details, really, you know. Which must be very distressing for the parents. Of course it is very distressing for parents. But I mean, I mean, people are in a vulnerable situation and obviously, I mean, people knocking on doors and, and depending on services and looking to the TD. But I'm saying, they're not... 
is not a priority for the government really and we need to make it a priority for the government really and I think it's disgraceful it can happen and it happens in other countries why can't it happen in Ireland really and we're way behind in implementing the full length of the UNCPR really so that's very critical that we move on that yes and go back to parents again really I mean some parents are at sea when it comes to their child having a disability because they're floundered completely already until they find out the services and the public services are very slow to react really you know which is tragic really you know so they go private like really I mean one I was listening to Adam Adam uh, as I am yesterday on the radio and he said it can take up to 2,000 euros privately to get your daughter or son assessed for autism. Oh, that's a lot of money, particularly in this money. current world we're living in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No need for it, like, really, I think. Mm-hmm. It can be improved, really. Uh, Anne-Marie, it must be difficult enough, you know, as Dermot says, for, for, for parents, you know, uh, you know, to have, you know, be dealing with children with disabilities and then find the difficulties in, in relation to disability services just compounds that. Listen, it's an absolute disgrace, and I suppose one of the, the we're we're in the middle of um, I suppose doing a massive piece of research and publishing a book, the Clare Leader Forum, and I suppose to understand the history, um, which isn't history, like since the foundation of this state, the government policy was to discharge its responsibilities when it came to certain groups, and disabled people were the first group over to the church and charity, and you know we are not seen as um, the constituents of the state in any way, shape or form. And I feel that Ireland's relationship internationally is dragging and forcing um, this, the, the government to actually look like it is seeing us as, as equals, as equal citizens or people who come to live in our country. And, you know, that, it's an uncomfortable truth. But until we actually really name that as the issue, we are going to have report after report after report. I mean, if you look at the report that we're referring to this morning, you ha- it's called the Disabilities Committee. And they're like P- TDs and senators who've chosen to be part of this because they really, you know, do want to contribute something positive. But that committee has literally no powers or resources. So they meet, I think, it's, you know, every week, discuss the issues and write reports. Like, to me, that's kind of really concerning when elected representatives who are responsible for looking at the relationship to CRPD and state policy, and, and actually all they can do is, is, is invite us in as witnesses, speak about our issues, draw a report, and, and talk about it in the media. I mean, 2005, the government purposefully, let me say that, purposefully enacted the Disability Act that actually stopped us, both parents and adults with disabilities, from having a right to our services. That is criminal. And you have parents in the courts, whatever about those who can afford to pay it privately, but you have parents going to the courts just to get an assessment. And then after the assessment, there's absolutely a whole other process then for that family then to go on a, a journey of having to have that implemented. And then the other serious issue, for children and adults is that the services are always on a deficit model, what we cannot do, because that's the medical model. Whereas what we need when we talk about human rights, we're talking about asking somebody, what is is your vision? What's your goal? What do you want to do in life? And then what are the services that are going to enable you to to live it? And then we have people who are trapped in day services throughout their life. And you know what's really sad? 
when a day service is providing an appropriate service and treating people with respect, we're, we're all going, wow, what an incredible day service, when actually what they're doing is what they're supposed to do. But even with that, there is no pathway out of day services. So you have society who fundamentally believe that if you have a disability and you're in a day service, that that's actually where um, the standards that, um, of life expectancy for disabled people, and it isn't. It's that if you're stuck at home and you're 27 years of age and you finish college um, and, and you're stuck at home all day and somebody says, do you want to come to a day service? And you don't have a job and you don't have transport and you don't have PA hours to get on with your life. Of course the person's going to say yes. It doesn't mean that that's where the person should be. So I really, really am very grateful for Disability Measures Committee to write this report. But really the question is now, where can it go? You know, is it the Minister for Disability? Is it the Minister for Equality and Integration and Disability? Who is it that's actually responsible for ensuring that our lives are equal to everybody else? Uh, and Dermot, I just want to raise an yeah, 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 come in there. Special schools, right? I mean, uh, we thought in 1998 when the, when the Education Act, Disability Act was passed really at the time, that things, people would be mainstreamed into national schools and secondary schools really. Far from it, really. There's so few going to secondary national schools with disability and there's still special schools and they're growing all the time really and in every county. And I think that's very sad. I mean, there's been no huge effort by the government or policymakers or teachers or anything. I'm surprised with the trade unions and the the INTO and the ASDI that they haven't sought to fight for this for, for, for rights for people with disabilities to be mainstreamed into the secondary schools and national schools really. It, it sounds from what yourself and Amory are saying is that there's quite a bit that needs to be rectified or improved for this country to meet the UN's Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities. And a lot, there's a lot of miles to go yet now, but tragically really. What we need really is one united front and the disability sector and we don't have that in Ireland. The only one that needs that is the independent living movement of Ireland really and that's a growing organisation but there's a lot of service providers that are, are holding on to the past far too long like Okay, uh, just to finish with yourself then uh, Anne-Marie, the, the committee, they've called on the government to hold crisis talks on this, how hopeful are you that there will be action and that it will be taken urgently? Well, what, what I think actually is useful about this, that this is now a published document um, by peers of elected representatives. So I would like whether it's ourselves, Clare Leader Forum, other families, parents, individuals, um, to take the document and to um, put pressure on our local representatives, like, and I say local or national representatives. I mean, I'm just saying to everybody who's listening who has any concern, we have seven nationally elected representatives or appointed representatives in County Clare, and it is their duty to represent us, I mean fully, and with the same passion as any other issue. So I would be calling on all of us to take that document and to actually flood the emails and continuously write to our TDs. We're very lucky, actually. We have a great bunch of um, um, very informed, because of us, very informed and supportive TDs and senators. So it is about you know, galvanising their support to put pressure on the government. I mean, the elected TDs and senators are part of government. And what's really concerning is when you see the list of members on the committee, you have government TDs and senators feeling frustrated. Now, guys, that's very worrying.